Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of Catapulting Commissions. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So let's talk about this. We have spent uh, a lot of time speaking with sales professionals, sales leaders, sales entrepreneurs. And I got to be honest with you, our guest today might have the best title I've ever heard. And the reason I say that is it took me a while to fully understand, but I'm going to tell you, we have the direct sales dominatrix. Now, I know for those of you who are who, who kind of venture into that world, when you hear the phrase dominatrix, we are talking someone who owns and leads the direct sales world. She is the host of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast, also the founder of Level Up Coaching, where she leads group coaching, specializes with direct sales, network marketing, and truly has a commission-first uh, business. So I'm super excited to have Jenny Ballinger on the show with us today. Jenny, welcome to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Oh, Anthony, thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to be on your podcast. I absolutely love listening to it. Well, one, I appreciate you listening. I'm glad you're with me today. Jenny, I got to be honest with you. How in the world does a salesperson become a dominatrix? Give me some background on that because I loved it when we talked off air and I think the audience has to hear it. Absolutely. So uh, I started obviously in the direct sales world myself. I had my own direct sales business for seven years, during which time I earned nine trips, the cars, the bonuses, the cash bonuses with commas in them, all the all the metrics that basically when you think of someone who's successful in direct sales, I tick all the boxes. Um, you know, had a team that works, all of it. And what I saw happening was that there were a bunch of people coming and going in this business and it really hurt my heart because I was like, I, I felt so bad because I'm like, this is not hard. Nothing that we do in business is hard, right? They're all simple things. It's just the combination of doing them all together that can make it a little more tricky for some people and keeping track of all that. And so I realized that I had a process, a system that was working for me. It was working for my team. And I knew this because I was number one in the world at my level in my company for group recruiting and, and number three for group sales, which means that I, my system that I was teaching my team works, right? Because we were leading the company in these, uh, in these metrics. And so I realized, you know, I can stay with just this one company or I can venture out, branch out, get into coaching and help more people. Cause my, I feel like my calling, my purpose in life is to spread success, whatever that looks like for different people. And so as I started my coaching program, my coaching company four years ago, uh, I 
realized there had to be a way for me to get my message out and podcasting seemed like a great way to do it. And so I started going on podcasts first. Um, one of the very first podcasts I was on was the nice guys on business with Doug Sandler. And we had a really great conversation. Um, and through that process of being on all these podcasts, I realized, you know, I have this badass way of being. I always, I always thought, thought of myself as the badass direct sales mom, um, who was just killing it in, in the business. And so I thought, well, badass direct sales moms, mm, maybe, but wouldn't it be fun if we could do badass direct sales mastery and play on that whole theme? Um, because really when I, when I started doing my research, cause I don't do anything half-heartedly or half-assed, I went and looked at all the podcasts that were out there for direct sales and network marketing. And they all pretty much looked the same. And I thought, well, how am I going to stand out in a group of people who look just like me? Well, I'm going to put on a corset, grab a whip and <laughs> go with Badass Direct Sales Mastery um, because I really do work with my clients in that way to help them stay accountable, get the things done that they want to, but I do it in a very loving way. I don't actually hit anybody because frankly, I'm just not in a room with any of my clients <laughs> at any given time. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, 100%. You know, as you're saying that, I think about, you know, every every business, you know, or, or salesperson is always trying to stand out. Like, how do I separate myself from my competitors or my peers? And, and I think the dominatrix role totally stands out. So I love that. But you said something in there that we, we can't just let slide away. You said you're, you were number one in the world in your direct sales organization. So yes. I, I have interviewed people from direct sales and, and phenomenal salespeople, but I don't think, not even I don't think, I'm positive I've not had one guest on this show that can say they were number one in the world. So I'm not gonna let that go, go un, unmentioned. So you became number one in the world. How long did that take? And, and what was the, did you start out right away that way? I mean, give me some background on that. Cause that's something oh. you just don't drop in and just let us slide away on. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, so I attained that, uh, mm, let's say less than two years after I started my business. Um, but let me tell you my, the first six months of my business, um, I was not number one in recruiting. In fact, my first four months in in my direct sales business, I recruited absolutely zero people to my team. And so, you know, I obviously was not understanding the process, how to do it, how to go about it. I didn't have the right mindset for convert for that type of conversation because it wasn't happening. Um, but I was killing it in the sales piece. I was, I, I mean, I was number two to my, to my sponsor who brought me in at one point during my first four months. And I had absolutely no direct sales experience before I started my business with her. And so, it, you know, I was killing it on the sales side, not so much on the recruiting side. So the fact that I hit number one in recruiting um, less than two years later was a huge shock to me. But it was very interesting because once I figured out the process, I was unstoppable. I became a recruiting machine because I saw, I was so passionate about what this business was doing for me and what I saw it doing for other women around me and men too. Um, I realized that it was not fair of me to not at least put it out there that other people have this opportunity as well. And then I taught my team that same mindset that same conversation. How do you have that conversation? And that's how we as a group hit number one. So 
I think one, that's, that's a great, you said something in there about having passion for it. Now was <laughs> what turned, like, what was the light switch for you? Because if you, if you weren't productive in the first four months and you kind of switched, what was that moment, that aha moment? Did, did a failure happen? Did a success happen? What was that story that made you switch? And two, was it your passion? And this is something I love asking direct salespeople. Is it your passion for the product or the opportunity that drove you to be as successful as you are? Mm, those are two great questions. So uh, to answer the first one, uh, the, the thing that happened was that I recruited accidentally on purpose. <laughs> which sounds really weird. Um, but what happened was I, uh, my mentor had a, a party in my area. She wasn't able to make it that evening. And so she requested, and so this is something in the direct sales world that's called dovetailing, where you can gift a party uh, to someone who's on your team to go do the party for you or in your place. And so that's what she asked me to do. She asked me to go do this party for her. And as we were finishing up the phone call, she knew how frustrated and upset I was that I hadn't recruited. And uh, so she said, she just kind of very nonchalantly at the end of the call said, oh, and by the way, the hostess's daughter, who's in her mid twenties is thinking about doing this. So if she decides tonight after talking to you that she wants to do it, she can be your first recruit. And I went, hmm, okay. Like part of me in the back of my head went, ha, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't recruited now. What makes you think it's gonna happen now? But then over the course of the rest of the day, I kept getting more and more excited and realizing someone wants to do this. She's already primed the pump for me. There's someone who wants to do this. And the realization I had later that evening after I did recruit somebody, it wasn't the hostess's daughter though. It was the hostess's daughter's best friend <laughs> who decided to jump on. Um, the, the aha moment that I had was number one, I went into that party believing somebody wanted to do it. And every party I had gone into before, my thought was nobody else wants to do this. Right. That was my core belief was that nobody else wanted to do it. And so I was not putting any effort, passion into that conversation. And in fact, the conversation looked like this. The best way to get our product is to join my team. Simple. Yes. Effective. Three, three set. Oh, it was not effective. <laughs> <laughs> it was not effective because I had absolutely, I had zero people before that night. Right. So it was simple, but it was too simple. It didn't convey the pa the passion. It didn't convey the benefits. That was literally how much time I spent on the business opportunity conversation before that night. But that night, because I went into it believing something different, what ended up happening was I ended up having a very different conversation with that group of ladies, such that by the end of it, somebody said, me, I want to do this. And that was incredibly powerful for me. So that's what really changed it was it really shifted my mindset. And I went and I went back and said, okay, so what was different? Well, my mindset was different. My conversation was different. So then every party I did after that, I went into it going, someone wants to do it. I just have to present it in a way that people want to do it. Well, put myself in their place. What made me want to do it? Well, I was totally in love with the product. I wanted to make an income for my family. And at the time it was the middle of the, the real estate recession that happened back in the 2008, 2012 timeframe. So I started my business right in the middle of a recession because 
nobody was hiring teachers. I used to be a teacher because schools were broke. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I couldn't get a job. So I needed a way to make money. And this came up as a possibility, as an opportunity. And I took it and I was making good money. Like I said, I was number two uh, in sales to, you know, my upline during that first four months. So, you know, I was making good money and here I was not sharing that statistic with the people in the room. Cause after that, I became an open book. Ask me anything, how much time I spend on my business, how much money do I make? I will happily show you my direct deposit statements. I will be honest about all of this because I want you to see the good, the bad, the ugly, and make a completely informed decision if this is right for you. It is not my goal to get you. And I put air quotes around get you because I don't want that. What I wanted were people who were actually motivated and passionate around the business model and the product. Because I treated this whole thing as a business from day one. It was never a hobby. It was never a side gig. It was never my side hustle. It was my business, just like any other entrepreneur. I, there's Catapult Commission's family. Did you hear the last statement? Her sales world was her business. It wasn't a side gig. It wasn't something that she just spent some time on, which that statement alone addresses half the questions that come in on how do I achieve higher results? How do I get this? My response is always, is this something that you're obsessed with? Is this what you're doing full time? So thank you for addressing that. But what I love what you said there, Jenny, you you didn't sell the opportunity in the beginning. Um, and I have found that when people think that they are a salesperson, everybody, and I don't discredit anybody who, who makes a living selling a product because that I mean, we all have to sell a product. But mm -hmm. when you sell something that's not tangible, a vision, an opportunity, a goal, that really does pull out that inner, that inner sales skillship that exists or doesn't exist. And I believe, in my humble opinion, people excel in this when they develop passion for what they're talking about, almost in the point of, if I'm not going to tell you about the opportunity I have, I'm doing you an injustice because I believe that this opportunity is groundbreaking, life-changing, et cetera. So oh, yeah. I love how you deliver that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I'm a big believer in this business model. And luckily I'm not alone in that. Um, I actually had the opportunity to have a conversation with Jack Canfield last week. And in that conversation, he shared with me that in his 50 years that he's been doing what he does. To, so for those of you who don't know who Jack Canfield is, he's the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul books, The Success Principles, The Power of Focus. I mean, he has he was in uh, The Secret. So he's quoted in The Secret book and he's also in The Secret movie. So if you don't know who Jack Canfield is, go find all his stuff. Trust me, you're going to fall in love with him as much as I do. Um, but in that conversation, he said in 50 years, he's had five different network marketing businesses. Um, and most recently, he started one because of the global pandemic. So if Jack Canfield sees network marketing and direct sales as a valuable business model to help make sure that he didn't have to lay off his staff, he got into network marketing in order to keep his staff paid. Which to me, like that gives me goosebumps to think about that someone like Jack Canfield goes, okay, I have the option, the opportunity to go anywhere, do anything. And what did he do? He picked a direct sales company. 
Yeah, I mean, that that alone boosts confidence. It, hearing you say that, it's the equivalent to people who follow Elon Musk when he tweets what cryptocurrency he's buying or when someone makes a statement that they're going all in on a penny stock and it shoots up. So to have somebody at the caliber of Jack Canfield say, hey, I'm going to start network marketing speaks the testament of that of that of that business model, which is a great segue. Let's talk about that for a second here. Sure. What what really is and, and, and help my audience understand, because I've I throw those phrases out often for depending on who the guest is, but we've never really dissected. So there's direct marketing, there's network <laughs> marketing, there's multi-level marketing. Yes. To, to, to the common person, those are all the same. To the yeah. inside person, they're completely different. Help us understand what, what are those business models and, and how do we identify those? Yeah, the easiest way to, to distinguish them, direct sales is typically a party-based model. So this is where the, the representative is going to try and get in front of as many people as possible in the shortest time frame as possible. So typically that looks like a party, whether it's you know back in the day pre-COVID, that was a house party or some sort of event that they would hold where they would try and get as many people in so they could show the products to as many people as possible and talk about the opportunity to as many people as possible. Network marketing is a one-to-one -one situation. This tends to be the case mostly with, for example, health and wellness companies. They don't typically do the party-based thing. They're tip because, you know, it, how many people want to admit they're going to a, a house party for fat people who need to lose weight, right? So <laughs> no one <laughs> wants to be at that party and be like, oh yeah, I totally need to lose like 50 pounds, right? So this is more of a one-on-one -on -one consultation type of deal. So they are working with people one-on-one, -on -one, bringing people in literally through networking. They are working one-on-one. -on -one. And then the multi-level marketing can be a combination of the party or the one-on-one -on -one or a little bit of both. But then they also, the multi-level marketing piece is the fact that they actually have different levels. These typically, they often have the opportunity to, when they recruit someone, move them anywhere in their organization. So rather than that person being a direct recruit, they can say, you know what, I'm going to keep you on my direct team for 30 days, see how you do. And if you do really well, I'm going to put you with this particular leader. Once I get to know you to figure out who's going to be good, they may maneuver you to help a particular person on their team hit the next rank, do whatever, hit a particular group volume or something like that. So multi-level marketing means you can move people around. Um, typically with direct sales and network marketing, that is not an option. When you direct recruit someone, they are your direct recruit. You don't have to typically worry about legs and all of that. You have direct recruits. They have direct recruits. They have direct, and it just, it's, yes, it is. Yes, it is triangle shaped. It is not a pyramid because <laughs> <necessarily laughs> it might have lots of different sides. Um, but it, the, that's really the easiest way to kind of define those, those three different terms. So when you when I hear the phrase of all three direct direct uh, sales network marketing multi level marketing one of the challenges that that comes up with people who come to me with these opportunities and I don't even with the opportunities more they come to me with help how many people like what separates top performers from average performers in any of these industries and, and the the reason I say that is the question that has been brought to my attention is I have this opportunity, but yet I have a stable job here. This opportunity is commission only. How do I, you know, where do I go? Where do I spend my time? So can you walk us through that with some of these uh, opportunities? How do people excel 
right out the gate, guns blazing, like I want to transition from you were a teacher, you moved into sales, mm-hmm. or there's somebody listening to this who, who's a banker or uh, whatever. Ambulance some, driver, right? Yeah, whatever. Pick, pick, yeah. pick an opportunity, says I want to transition out. What does that process look like to get to that fast track, that fast pass, the, the I don't know, the elevator to success, which doesn't exist, by the way, but the fast pass to right. success. Yeah, what does but, that look like? So it's really going to have a few different think pieces that are a part of that particular puzzle. The, the first one for me is the all-in attitude, the commitment, the perseverance, the the saying, I'm, I'm not going to let my first no um, turn me off, right? Um, because you're going to hear no. I don't care what business you're in, whether it's direct sales, whether it's um, a car salesperson, whether you are working, you know, anywhere. Teachers hear no all the time. Did you do your homework? Nope. (laughs) You know, you're going to hear no as a salesperson. It's going to happen. And if you never hear no, I want to know your secret. (laughs) But the first piece really is that perseverance and that all in attitude that I am not going to give up on myself. And especially that I think what differentiated me from the other people in my company and from basically anyone was the fact that I said, I'm not going to give up myself. I'm not going to give up on myself in this business and I'm not going to do it, especially on a bad day. I am absolutely forbidden to give up on a bad day. The only time I'm allowed to stop doing this business is if I'm on top. So that was one rule that I set for myself that that really, I think, set me apart from other people. The other thing that sets apart these top one percenters from everybody else is consistency. You know, and, and by the way, nothing I'm going to tell you is a new thing to any of you. <laughs> or at least it better not be, right? They're very consistent. They they have a process that they have set up. They have a system, which a system is a group of processes that turns into a thing that now pretty much runs itself, right? So they still have to occasionally do things within the process or the system, but they know what to do next. They go, okay, when this happens, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. They have a process. They, they take time to figure out what does that look like from the customer side so that I can make sure that I'm doing that. And they are, like I said, very consistent. They set up a schedule. So even if they're working their teaching job, mm, let's say 50 hours a week, which is probably still very ultra conservative for most teachers, let's say 50 hours a week, they are still working their business anywhere from 15 to 60 minutes a day consistently. They're doing something. They're reaching out, they're connecting, they're doing some sort of networking virtual. Um, They're reading, learning, doing trainings, something. They are doing something in their business every single day that is going to lead to more business right? By the way, social media posting does not necessarily count. (laughs) Because let's just say the number of people who succeed in their business because of social media is so small now, because it's just social media is super saturated. Social media should be just that social, a way to connect. It is not a business, especially Facebook, not a business platform. You know, I agree with you on that one. Sorry, it's just, especially with Facebook. I I love how you said that the, the social media shouldn't be a business. And, and I'm sorry to cut you there. I just no, you, bring it it. Struck, a, struck a chord with me. Um, 
I've consulted small businesses trying to scale and so many times they just want to throw money at Facebook ads and hope the phone rings, hope clients walk into the restaurant. And it just, it hurts me because if you go to, if you do that, you start getting in all the pixels and you're getting tracked and everyone's showing you how easy it is, but that's the farthest thing from the reality of it. So I love how you say that there. Yeah. And especially in the, in the direct sales network marketing MLM world, um, you know, right now, the number of people, you know, I, I regularly will put up a post in my Facebook going, Hey, who has recently gotten a friend request from someone and immediately gotten a sales pitch as the very first message. And I will get like 200 comments of people who have gotten you know, they'll be like, oh my God, I got three this week. I got 10 in the last month. I got whatever, you know, they'll comment and say, and, and it's like, so that's the third key to success in all of this is it's gotta be based on relationship. Mm -hmm. People don't buy things. People buy people. People do business with people. The only time we're buying things is when we go to Target or Amazon or Walmart because how many people can say they have a personal relationship with someone at Target, Walmart, or Amazon? You don't. You don't. You say, I need to buy a thing, and you don't care who the person is involved in it. When it comes to all these other products and services that are available through direct sales and network marketing, though, people are buying you, which means stop focusing on the product and start focusing on the relationships. And that is how you actually end up creating a business that stands the test of time because you are relationship-based. People realize you care about them. And if yours is not the best product for them, you're going to connect them to somebody who is. So, I mean, an example I have for that is I had someone reach out to me back when I was doing my direct sales business. I was in a jewelry business and somebody said, hey, I've got a wedding and I'm looking for a, a necklace that looks like this. Do you have anything like that? And I went and I looked at our entire website. I could not find anything that looked like that. But I knew that I had a friend with a different jewelry company and they had a necklace that was very similar to what this gal was describing. And so I sent her to my friend because I wanted her to get what she wanted. Mm. And guess what happened? The next time she needed something, she came to me and said, I don't care what it is. Here's the outfit. What should I, what can I buy from you? Because you took, you sent me to somebody else and you didn't have to, you could have tried to sell me on any of your stuff and you cared about what I wanted. You didn't care about you. You know, that, that highlights the people over profit mantra. We, we've spoken on that on the catapulting missions podcast it, multiple times, people over profit, because if you focus on the people portion first, like this hardcore closing mantra that exists in some of these sales circles is yeah. total crap. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I hate it. And I, I know, I know some of the guys are really big, have this massive following. And when I say it, I've been attacked online, but I still believe it. That hardcore closing doesn't work. Like it's just, our consumers are so much smarter today. And, and like what you just said right there, You've built a customer for life, mm -hmm. not transaction. And and those those transactions, you're absolutely right. Target, Walmart, Amazon, et cetera. And I love that. And 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 Jenny, you said something here, and it's it's worth repeating. What you just laid out for people, being all in, being consistent, establishing the relationship. I'm positive majority of the people who listen to the show haven't have this isn't your first time hearing it. 
However, mm-hmm. we say it and we preach it and we talk about it often because many of us just need to rehear it and relearn it and stay motivated. So I think that that's such a good message for you to share. Ah, oh, thank you. I, you know, in the marketing world, we all know it takes what, seven to 12 touches for someone to really to, to decide to buy. So I call it seven, seven touches from high to buy, B-U-Y, right? Um, the same is true for any information that you're learning. It's going to take you hearing it multiple times before it clicks. Like the first time you hear it go, oh, that makes sense but you may not implement it yet. The second time you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I heard that before. That that still makes sense. Hmm, I wonder where I could put that in my business, but then they still don't necessarily implement it yet. It's not until the third, fourth or fifth time before somebody hears something that they go, oh, oh, this is where I can put it. They need to hear a specific example of where that fits in their, uh, in their business model to be able to go, oh, okay, that's how I can implement that, that, information um, in my process or in my system. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and and that multiple step process of hearing it over and over again, you know, catapulting commissions family, that's what separates top 1% from the average rep. Many times when someone goes in and gets that immediate yes with the first, second, or third call, sometimes that first call, Somebody already did some of those no's out of the way. They just forgot to follow up and you've reaped the reward and the benefits, which is why I'm a big fan of if you have to follow your process, your system, your follow up, whether it's seven or 12 or four or whatever that number is for your business, make sure you execute it because you will lose deals the moment you stop following up, the moment you stop providing additional value, which which could be a whole different podcast segment, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, that's the conversation I have with my clients quite often. I mean, it, John, or sorry, Jack Canfield put it in his Success Principles book in the, the Ask, Ask, Ask Success Principle, um, which I think is number 17. In there, he gives the statistics that 94% of salespeople have given up on follow-up at the fourth follow-up. By the fourth follow-up, 94% of salespeople have given up on that prospect. But here's the thing. Most prospects, according to a vast majority of studies, don't do the purchase until the sixth conversation. Mm. So 6% of people are getting a majority of those sales as long as they're able to stick through those, those multiple conversations. Catapulting commissions family, do not miss out after that. Don't give up on the fourth call. I mean, bottom line point, if it's coming from the, the quality of leadership and experience of Jack Canfield, then we're rolling it out. I mean, that's just a no brainer guys do not give up. And we can definitely uh, discuss and always talk about following up uh, principles and how to do that effectively. So I appreciate that. Jenny, you said something about your clients here. Tell us a little bit about this uh, badass direct sales mastery group coaching. What is it? What, what do people learn when they come with you? I and mean, we talked so much today and I, and I don't want to rob us on our time. So tell us a little bit about your program. 
Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. My group coaching program uh, is named after my podcast. So the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast. And then I do have a group coaching program that goes along with it. So it is typically for those direct sales moms who are ready to take their business, not just to the next level, but they want to go to the top. They want to be one of those top one percenters. And so they are looking for an additional level of support, the the leader they, they wish they had, right? And I don't say that to dis the leader they do have. It's just that leader has a personal business that he or she needs to run as well. So they cannot coach as effectively as I can because my whole business is coaching. Mm. (laughs) It is my business to take care of, help you take care of your business through that coaching program. So what we're doing is we are having very regular scheduled uh, coaching group coaching conversations where we are getting to number one, share our wins with each other in a supportive community of people who all believe in one another and take care of one another. Uh, We also have um, hot seat coaching in each of those coaching uh, sessions. So basically what that is, is someone comes on and says, Hey, I'm having this obstacle. You know, I don't know what to do to get around it. And we as a group brainstorm the various options that they can, um, go and try and do, um, which is really nice because they're not just getting the benefit of me, but they're getting the benefit of the group. Um, and then we also have a teachable moment in each of those coaching sessions where I'm going to jump in and say, okay, by the way, based on these hot seat coaching things, this relates to this principle, this relates to this concept, this thought, this you know, process, whatever it may be that kind of comes up based on what we were talking about. And I'll give a a 10 to 15 minute teachable moment where they can pull, pull out and have that lifelong learning aspect from the coaching. And then we finish up by saying, okay, what's your takeaway? And the most important piece, what are you going to do? And how am I, your coach, holding you accountable for that? Mm, Having that coach in that corner, I imagine those that engage and take advantage of coaching. Like it's one thing to hire a coach. It's another thing to be fully engaged and participate and get involved in the group. What do you see? I mean, with, with you don't have to name your clients, but mm-hmm. how wide is that gap from those that are actively engaged, implementing what you're talking about and those that are like, ah, I have a coach because someone said it would help me be successful. Do you, can you like quantify what that difference is for your, for your just the oh, yeah. clients in general, not just yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I can say for mine, for mine specifically, I can tell the ones who are engaged number one, cause they're showing up each and every time they don't let anything get in the way of their coaching session because they know this is their time to work on their business, not in their business. Uh, secondly, we see this, ha- we see this happen in their, in their, results. What are, how is their business doing? So I'm regularly checking in with them outside of the group in case they don't feel comfortable sharing this information in front of the whole group. Cause my goal is always to make sure they feel safe because as a dominatrix, that's always your best thing is to make sure people are safe and it's all consensual. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> So I'm making sure that they feel safe and comfortable with that. And so I have conversations with my clients outside of the sessions that basically says, okay, how are you doing sales wise? Because I've already done a baseline conversation when they first start with me. How much are you making on average per month in commission? How much are you doing in average in sales? How many people are you recruiting onto your team personally? How many people are your team recruiting? every month, right? So I've got a baseline of all those numbers. And then by the time we get to 
maybe about 90 days out, I'm having that conversation with them again, usually by text message or Facebook messenger and just saying, Hey, what are your numbers look like this, 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 and this. And what I'm seeing consistently is the people who are more engaged in their coaching are quadrupling their income and they are 10 Xing their recruiting. So if they were averaging one recruit per month, many of those who are super engaged in the coaching process are now recruiting on average eight to 10 per month, personally. I mean, numbers don't lie, family. Mm -mm. Quadrupling, 10Xing, getting the growth necessary. I will say this, uh, for anyone who's listening who doesn't have a coach, a mentor, somebody in your corner, it is incredibly valuable. And it's only valuable if you take advantage and show up. Uh, I, I spoke about that in depth in the book, uh, Catapulting Commissions, on, on what transition or what transformed in my life. And it was not just having a coach, but actively being involved and engaged and realizing this was a big investment of not only financial investment, but investment of my time, my coach's time, and the results they speak for themselves. Catapulting Commissions has grown. Jenny, you say a similar thing with your clients, and I love that. So that is awesome. Now, do you have an opportunity for people to learn more about working with you, learn about being coached by a dominatrix? I just had to say it one more time. I love it. <laughs> it's just, I couldn't pass up on it. I was, I was going to be like, don't say it again, but it's just too funny. So yes, how does someone learn to get coached by a sales dominatrix? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, well, of course, the easiest way is to reach out to me. Um, I've, I've got my, my Facebook profile is Jenny Bellinger, J-E-N-N-I-E Bellinger, just like it's spelled, just like it sounds. Um, or you can uh, shoot me an email, Jenny at badassdirectsalesmastery.com. I know that's a lot there, but I'm sure you're going to put it in the show notes so people can just click it and go to it. Um, but the, the other way that people can really... Uh, interact with me if, if they themselves are in direct sales or network marketing, or they know someone who is, I'm actually having a summit, uh, March 18th through the 20th. It's a free virtual summit for people who are in the direct sales and network marketing world who would like to learn more, who want to hear from experts in various fields. So I'm bringing in people who are number one in their company. I'm bringing in professional organizers to help you organize your life so that you can work on your business and work in your business more effectively and efficiently. I've got Jack Canfield coming on the summit. I have um, uh, the referral diva uh, coming on. I've got social media gurus and experts coming on. I mean, oh my gosh, the number of people I have, the speaker, I'm blown away that this is my first summit and I've got 36 of the most amazing human beings who are going to be sharing their information with direct salespeople who want to master their business. Mm. Catapulting commissions family. You're definitely going to master your business. You said it was March 16th through the 18th or March 18th through, going 18th back, through the my, 20th. Yeah. So it's 18th a through the 20th. Yep. Yep. Catap we will have the link for, and is it, is it called the badass directory sales summit? Yeah, it's the Badass Direct Sales Mastery uh, Summit. And it, if you just go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com, you'll see Summit right there on the front page. You can click on it, go sign up, and go ahead and, you know, get your free ticket. Thank you for that. Catapulting Commissions family, you will find all the links Jenny just shared with in the show notes. Now, do me a favor. Go take advantage. Learn something. We speak in depth that... If you're not learning or you're not taking advantage of the opportunities out there, 
you're just going to say you will stay stale. Do not be the salesperson or business owner in 2021 or 2022 that says, I used to do it this way pre-COVID. I used to do it that way. Don't become a blockbuster movie theater in a new world, guys. It's time to adapt. It's time to move. And it's the most exciting time to do so because the opportunities to learn are endless right now. It just takes a little bit of focus and dedication. So Jenny, thank you for sharing that with the Catapulting Commission's family. It's been a blast to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. It was a great conversation. I love getting to talk with podcast hosts who ask me great questions like you did. I don't always get to tell the difference between the, the direct sales network marketing MLM thing. So thank you so much for asking that. No, no problem. And I appreciate it. I think 100%. This was such a fun interview. And I appreciate you being a guest on this show. And I will tell you, as I tell many multiple guests, I will reach out to you down the road to bring you back on because I would love to see what progress has taken place. I'd love to see what changes have taken place. And who knows this world, you know, it is changing, evolving post COVID. So let's see what's what's new comes down the road. So thank you for joining on the show. Catapulting Commissions family, do me a favor, go follow Jenny, get connected. I mean, come on, how awesome is it to say, you know, a sales dominatrix? I just had to say one more time before we end the show. Thank you guys. Comment, like, subscribe, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions Podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.